like I'm just existing. You know, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just a, mm. just a anomaly floating on a little green and blue sphere in the middle of an infinite space. I mean, why are we fighting when we are so rare? Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. The journey is the destination. Welcome, everybody, to this conversation that we've had with two of our beautiful friends, Des and Gabriel. Wow, incredible, incredible time. So in this conversation, we talk about many, many things. Uh, among them, we talk about how to rely on ourselves for happiness and how only we know when we're having hard times, so we should not compare ourselves to anyone else. Then we're walking through the steps that grandparents of people who are currently living here have taken, some of the stories from people old and young that both Gabe's and Des have been in contact with and sharing some of this wisdom with us. And we also talk about how the whole world is actually a drug dealer for us, how the whole society is organized in a way that promotes addiction. Yeah, we'll be circling around this uh, society, society a lot. I think whatever we say here, we cannot do justice to what's coming. So mm. without further ado, we're just gonna let you enjoy this um, smooth and so inspiring, just full of deep, deep insight and uh, pure life advice. Just really how to live purely from your heart, how to speak and act from your highest self. This is gonna be a good one. Enjoy! Should I go put the note on the door? Welcome both. Hello, hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Easy to be here. Beautiful. Nice. Well, for the beginning, we have a question that we post to everyone. So, just one question that is common to everyone. Mm -hmm. And this is, who are you? So maybe we start with this, just so everybody gets a feel of uh, who we're speaking with. Mm -hmm. Um, So, whoever wants to go in whichever order or way. Are you? Uh, as long as short. <laughs> uh, hello, uh, I am. Uh, I don't even need to lean closer, do I? Hello, I am Gabriel Holmes, a resident uh, human being on planet Earth. <laughs> I'm proud to be represented by these brilliant creatures. Uh, I'm here at the bottom of the, what is it, Pacific? <laughs> near the Antipodes, New Zealand, Waikiki Island. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm Darren and I'm some sort of, some sort of creature that exists here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, here I am. Hello, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, yeah. Ascension nice. being uh, incredibly rare thing to be. I mean, oh, we could start that again. Being like, who am I? A statistic, mathematical anomaly. <laughs> hey, I am one of millions of billions, of millions of billions of millions of billions. I'm a bunch like, of cells. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm a chemical reaction. Oh, you are. Exactly. Like, we're such statistic anomalies that we're almost all unfathomable. And for some reason, somehow, we have been given the chance to exist rather than not to exist. When you shake out all the details of that, what are we doing on this planet today? Like, how did we get so far from being statistic anomalies to, yeah. to these... I don't know, creatures that are ruled by time. Like, <laughs> So why do you think it is so? Why are you here today? Wow, that's, but isn't that the fun of it? We're self-aware beings that uh, 
r realize that we're here, but mm. we can never know the answer. So mm. then it really comes down to what does that information um, do to affect you, the intention of your heart, the intention of your soul. I believe that if we are a drop in the sea of, of infinity, then what does something infinite have to gain from something finite existing? Mm. It would be its intention. So we pass through this life, we go, and what is left behind? What would infinity remember? The intention of a heart. What motivated us to make the decisions that we did with this free will that we have somehow given? Like, are we responsible enough? It's not for me to say, but we are here. We are given it. We're given the brain to try and put solutions to problems. And we all have to find the right problems. <laughs> so we're left with a sea of intentions at the end. Yeah, yeah. I like talking like this. It makes me feel um, nice in my solar fix. Like, yeah. <laughs> positively anxious, you know? Making wrinkles in the universe. Just yeah. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, like, if, if, you, if something is infinite there, something ungreat, uncomprehendable, must get a little thing of hearing what our opinions of ourselves would be, you know? Oh, yeah, it's pretty... Spectacular. Yeah, imagine listening to yourself, mm. being up there and being like, "Oh, what did I thought about existence and everything when I was on yeah, in this yeah. human body?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's really, that's it, like what's that saying? There's no solace in wisdom. The more you learn, the more you're accountable for, the more you're responsible for. Mm. So if you you can't rely on knowledge to make you happy, you need to rely on yourself to be happy because the world is inconsistent. It's it's never static. It's always changing. So you, how can you so you need to be your own consistency? Like there's yeah. no solace and wisdom. There's no happiness in knowing everything. You have got to bring that yourself. And you have to consistently manifest what you want. And like if you want to be happy and positive, you have to always you have to keep that consistent. Otherwise, you're not going to be. You're. I always find like I'm um, constantly manifesting negativity. Uh, anger is like um, it's like. A, desire like a chocolate bar like mm. I want to fold to that mm. so I'm constantly in that down um, that's that's not what I want but I'm manifesting that yeah oh. but I got you yeah if you've been doing it for so long I also it's have it I like, also have it yeah, with yeah. anger I also like to get angry and then you look for opportunities yeah, to yeah, get angry yeah 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 because it's inside you you're so used to it you want it but being responsible for that concept helps when someone pisses you off or someone's doing something unfair that then you're responsible for yeah. how much control you have to what you're feeling yeah, yeah. and helps you to evolve to, to be proud of yourself when you're not being triggered which is in turn releasing your dopamine helping you to be a happy person mm. because it's a, it's a tangible challenge it's yeah. like only you know what your hardest effort really is when you can truly be proud of yourself I, if you were kind to me that's fine and i could be proud of you for that but only you know when it was your hardest and i think that those are the challenges we need to actively look for because we're going to make ourselves happy that way we're too intelligent to 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 just rely on instant gratification for our happiness we need challenges we've got a brain a computer that solves problems what are the right problems what's going to literally train my brain to release dopamine serotonin and endorphins um, like the, naturally how can you be how can you be in control of this chemical brain it's getting harder and harder with this uh, with the world because everyone's getting that through Facebook and social media yeah. expecting people to like their shit like their stuff um, you know oh, like I didn't get this many likes today I feel yeah. upset yeah like yeah exactly we're being so it's uh, 
well, cigarettes, alcohol, s s food with sodium, food with sugar, mm -hmm. analytically designed to be addictive, so that we we do what the capitalist system wants us to do and provide them their capital. That is at the detriment of society. So we right now are watching this very, very horrible thing where these uh, corporate companies have gone unabated for years and yet decades, hun probably hundreds of years. I mean, where there was slavery at some point. Like the same uh, religious societies that uh, read Exodus with the Jews escaping Egypt were a part, in turn, maybe not the poor people, but were a part of a system that enslaved people and sold them around the world as a commodity. And the problem is, is that when they make trillions and we make hundreds, mm -hmm. that we are all enslaved. We, we, are, we are a commodity and cell phones and, th and all of our addictions, instant gratifications, that's, that's uh, marketed. That is done on purpose. Yeah, yeah. You course, know? Yeah. So that we rely on the system. That's why when mm -hmm. I talked before about the warehouse. Yeah, and it's yeah. beautiful when you make people addicted, then <laughs> you just like yeah, need yeah. it. It's not yeah. even a choice anymore. So Because they become predictable. Yeah, yeah. Instantly one, they've got you under the control. Yeah. Mm. So what can you do about it? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> a very good point, right? And it's that same thing of you can't be, um, you can't let your sens sensibilities, is it? Is that the right word? You can't be too sensitive to be able to learn things that are confronting, things that are, are negative, and things that will pot potentially make you not feel good. Like, I think that's the problem when we live in this instant gratification world, is people are too sensitive to handle the truth. So what mm. right would I to have to tell somebody who won't be able to handle them? Oh my God, what are we going to do? The world is this bad. They are not prepared to, to know the holistic truth. Mm. And, and, and can I provide for them the solace that they need to realize that? And that's where I, the problem is this. The problem with the world is that the, there's so many layers of the cake that it would be hard for anyone to comprehend where to start or where to begin, you know? So like maybe, maybe it's not important. Maybe we are all just passing through and it's about, it's because I love that's how challenging. It's just like the human mind, this earth. We've, it's like we are just passing through and we're just here. We didn't get free will to do what we want. We had free will to do what we ought. And I think that maybe the world will never be saved or maybe the world won't be this utopian place. And maybe that's not important. Maybe I don't need when I plant a seed to see where the forest grows, but I need to live my life by example, by what my conscience has set to me as being logical, consistent law, holistic. You know, if everybody think every thought, every action, every intention, if everybody did it in the world all the time, would the world be a better or worse place? If everyone was accountable to that. So if I was thinking in myself a negative thought like about Darren, if everybody thought negative thoughts about Darren, or if everybody thought negative thoughts about each other all the time, and it's, you're never going to be perfect. But we have this ability to be able to delegate how, how mind that mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, you're gonna be one day closer to death. So, what does me being mad about this? What really? What is? What good is that gonna come out of that? So, every time that I need to forgive someone, it's like, thank you, like, sweet, like, good, I got easy karma. Like, if it's challenging, well, good, I needed a challenge for me to feel good about myself for overcoming it. You know, it's all just you. You can turn every situation to be that thing that inspires your better self, and at the same time. Be empathetic because no one is perfect. Like no one, you're never going to be perfect. It's just how, when certain situations, you can train yourself to trigger that thing. Where you're like, oh, I have self-control. I am like it. 
you know, I'm completely culpable for every thought. I'm not this weak, mal- like uh, uh, emotional. Da, da, da. I'm completely, completely in control. And the minute you start manifesting that over yourself, you are, you are. At, at the end of the day, my dad used to say, uh, well, I think it was my dad used to say, um, <laughs> if you can't be good, be memorable. But if you're smart, you'll be both. I said, yeah, it's just, just awesome. Like every day before you go to school, be like, oh yeah. <laughs> so when being a little rebel gets boring, <laughs> and and before every action, before every word I've ever spoken to anyone, before like say we were arguing, um, I could literally release the the control over my muscles in my entire body at any time and just drop. And I don't have to breathe. I don't have to. You know, I don't have to look at anyone, I don't have to do anything, I can just stay like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe the world was operating around me, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you on the ground, you fucking crazy asshole? But that is how much control I have over my body at any moment. Yeah, so if anyone says that they weren't completely in control of the decisions that they made, you could have done that, you could have not talked, you could have just stayed still. And it's not about physically doing that. But it's about being responsible. That is how much self-control you've had over everything you've ever thought or spoke or done anything with in your entire life. So man up and be responsible for yourself. Like that is how in control you are. I mean, that is an amazing thing, you know? Like, so, that we, <laughs> I don't know where we went. <laughs> you've been my best mate for a long time and you continuously blows my mind. <laughs> you know, I've heard this before, but... I'm, I'm not perfect, but it's just that thing of like, I think if people start realizing their, their power, then you start realizing like, yeah. we are, like me and my dog, it's repetition. If I could change your name now, it would be to repetition. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I have to do this to myself all the time, like all the time, is to remind myself like, you are actually in control, you're physically, like you are in control. And then slowly after a while, look at every opportunity, as though there's something that you're gaining from this, or maybe I am the right person. I have been chosen because my personality is in line with this lesson being learned. And my dad called me a few few months ago and said that he was really sad because these young people came in and hit his cat and, and did it uh, maliciously. They turned around and came back and killed his cat. And I said to him something he'd told me years ago. He goes, oh, dad, that's, that's, that's good news. Uh, I said, like, well, you're just the right person. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, because you can forgive them, you can pray for them, they need help, they're obviously like, God, that, that's a heartless thing, like, imagine what kind of life that they must have had, like, and now you can go out there and manifest positivity over them, and just know they've shown themselves to you, you're not angry at them, right, you're not going to curse them, they've made a mistake, so is everybody, like, you know, it's that thing of, like, I'm the right person, when stuff used to get stolen off me, I'd be like, oh, I'm just a tool in their karmic little lesson, like, because I'm not going to hate them, I just want them to be better. In fact, the less I know about them, and the more I associate this to just morality, if I never meet them, then I can never judge them for anything. I'm not going to look at them and think, oh, and then it becomes easy to forgive. And be like, I really hope that karma does what it's supposed to do. And, that, <laughs> and thank you for letting me have be in a position where I can forgive and be like, this is awesome. Like, I can't be happy and have unforgiveness in my heart at the same time. I can't be happy and angry at the same time. I can't be happy and sad at the same time. And, you know, so it's finding this way of how can I be consistent? Look at everything like it's an opportunity, it's a gift. Like a negative or positive, like, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to go. We won't be here, you know. And our legacy is not going to be what we left behind physically. It's if I'm kind to you today, or you're kind to me t- today, 
I might go on and be kind to someone else. They might go on to be kind to someone else. They might be kind to their children. And then all of a sudden, your legacy is not one that you will be seen to leave behind. But your legacy is what actions did you put onto this earth that when I'm gone, can carry on the legacy. And and my, I asked my mum, why are you so lovely? Like, you're a Virgo. <laughs> How can you be lovely? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Sorry, mum. <laughs> I love you, mum. But, um, <laughs> but like... And she goes, oh, well, my, my poppy was kind to me. Her granddad was kind to her. And, and she goes, yeah. So when I came into my emotional self, she goes, like, that was what I associated to be good. And I was like, mum, that means that that's my inheritance. Like, that's how I'm good because he was good to you because mm. and because someone was good to him. Or they had better values at that time where, you know. So that that is what we're passing on. That's the, I think that is the most important thing we can pass on. Like, because... Blood and genes and all that, that's limiting. But action, that can transcend everywhere. And that way it's humble because I don't need to take responsibility. I'm not a hero for doing what I ought to do. You know, if 10 generations down the line, they might be still doing something that my poppy showed my mum, who showed me, who showed my friends, who showed their children, who showed their friends. Who That's what's important. Mm. Not me today. Not this now. Like, I'm just existing. You know, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just a, mm. just a anomaly floating on a little green and blue sphere in the middle of an infinite space. I mean, why are we fighting when we are so rare? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Okay, anyway. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have to leave the farm oh, yeah. for that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm really glad we can do this because I've been bloody stir crazy at my place. So I've had no one to talk to and stuff, so I've got to go and transcend the, the universe <laughs> myself. You know what? We're just gonna sit here and listen to you and yeah. carry on. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. But I would love to go back to this capitalistic world and what can you personally do? Like, what can I personally do to change this? I am responsible for my actions, of course. But what should my actions be? Probably, I suppose you're accountable to do what, at the point that you knew it, like whatever you've learned, you're accountable for. And so it's your moral duty to try and do something that, that you know, within your capacity, to um, to rectify that situation. You know, so it's like if I don't know. Now that I have a dog, I have a duty to every now and again shave her bum because the poo <laughs> confused with the. I never thought about that, but like it's. My duty, now that I know it, if I neglect that, then I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of neglecting my responsibilities. Even if she wasn't my dog, it's that same thing where, like if you saw a collar that looked like it was too tight, but it, there's that thing of like, oh, I don't really want to be candid because I don't want to seem as though I'm criticizing the way that they do their dog, so maybe I should say nothing. No, no, because if need be, I can explain the entire concept. <laughs> so when it comes to like, and it's hard because there's so many things we could do. We should all have a garden. We should all be doing this for the environment. We should all be doing this and that, and you know, doing what we can. I think it's all got to be within a literal reasoning of it. But the problems that I think the world has is um, primarily uh, education and poverty, because poverty how, um, uh, creates a situation in which people only uh, can can conceive their immediate surroundings. It's, or if life's already hard, why would you want to think about what's going on in other continents and these poor people over there that are da da da? It's like, oh no, yeah, but I, you know, I'm struggling here, and so it creates an us and them. And education is the is the thing. That if we all knew the same things and this, and had the same values and the similar morality, then 
decisions would be commonsensical. You know, the fact that we think we live in a free country or a democracy works, well, where is the referendums on should we have no nuclear weapons at all? Should we have wars? If you put that down to the populations of, of the said countries, the mothers of those countries would not think that it was feasible for, for, for us to die for old men's wills and whims, you know? Mm. We've got, like, it's just ridiculous. It's, you know, it's sad. It's sad that the world can be put in, like, uh, Germany. That was voted in. Like, it was voted in by parents, by people that actually thought that this, this failing system here, in which we're all impoverished, you know, all of these things, they actually voted for somebody that they thought, that they thought strength and was going to save them, and it ended up being the detriment of this world. Like, that is the craziest, craziest concept. That shows you that is what poverty in education does. It means that we will make good-intentioned, well-meaning decisions that will lead to disastrous consequences. Mm. Well, because we don't want to be in poverty. Yeah, and you're <laughs> mentioning here democracy, and it goes to the fact that you have different parties in poli political systems everywhere that agree on certain issues. So when you vote, you don't vote on these issues because whatever you do is going to be the same. So wars and capitalistic yes. interest and many others. And that's the, that's the worst, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, you can just replace the face yeah but nothing yeah. will change that's exactly so it's just right. this illusion of democracy mm -hmm. yeah, a president and a prime minister and whomever else is just a literal it's the evolution of monarchy because mm -hmm. a monarchy can be overthrown and but when it comes to like the spokesperson of a government your president or your prime minister they are just the talking piece mm -hmm. they are just the, yeah. the puppet with their party we don't oust the whole party we're not you know what national and labor have failed us for years and years and years let's get a new party in there like let's that doesn't, that's not how it works for some reason. That's, mm. So it's like, if they can analyze how their agenda is going to work regardless of who you vote for, then they win, you know? Then there's no point mm. in participating is like playing, is like kind of almost giving people hope that there is some form of change. But mm. Mm. even the way that politics work that pisses me off right now is that whether you were a good person that went into, into politics, the way that you have to compete with each other turns you kind of bad, turns you yeah, against yeah, yeah. each other. You've got the smear campaign and be smeared. It doesn't matter. It's like the best person should get the job, not the person who has the most compa compelling or convicting stories. Mm -hmm. You know, who they were before this. It's like that does not determine who someone's got. Maybe uh, if I had to, like, I wasn't perfect. So for me to be who I am now, it took evolution. It took me having to be more aware of concepts and like you've got to have that faith with people. But and politics and stuff of when they make 10 promises they can only keep four so you've instantly made a liar out of your leader from the beginning there's not enough years for the slowness of bureaucracy there isn't enough years in a term for them to be honest leaders that is a huge blight on the on this world like even if they had the best intentions yes right? yes yes because yeah. I, I believe that poverty and extravagance say wealth we are all the same victims of only being able to see on our own perspectives mm. You know, like a wealthy person who's only ever seen wealthy things, who's only been associated with that sort of stuff, it's very similar to a, a, the Hitler Jugend. If you were groomed from a child to believe a certain thing and not being taught to, to be holistic and, and have different points of views, how can you hate them? How can you blame them for the fact that they have been groomed? Like, there is nothing worse. It's, it's, so you, we've got to find a way of being like Biden and Trump or Jacinda Ardern and, or and the poor person on the street. You've got to condescend to to all of them, you've got to look for that thing of being like, you are still worthwhile statistic anomaly that has happened to exist at the same time I have. 
And if they want to abuse their power, it's like that was just the position they're in. You know, it's whether an, a homeless person told a lie to another homeless person or a politician told a lie to another politician, lies shouldn't be said. Lies are bad. You know, it's we're all accountable to the same thing. We've all we have to find a way to love the world equally and at the same time. You know, regardless of whether we're being persecuted or judged or something like that. You know, I think when you get to a stage of being able to be holistic and being content with the chaos and the beauty of this world at the same time, then maybe our ability to make like actual responsible decisions about what are we going to do to change it, we'll probably we'll find it there when we are who we're meant to be without all of these things that are inhibiting us and slowing us down or fear motivating us to make decisions or anger motivating us to make decisions. It's like you've got to you know, like, you've got to pray for Benito Mussolini just as much as you've got to pray for your ailing mother. You know, like, yeah. it's... Yeah, but nobody's thought that we're all just uh, children of the system. But on this point about the politics, I'm interested from the words of Kiwis because, yeah, we're all just <laughs> usually travelers sitting in front of this mic, but... Yeah. Is there anything in this country right now, politically, or even in the past, that you really like, that you agree with, that is really makes you feel good when you see what's what's been going on you yeah, have nah the reason the last thing the last thing we got to vote on was marijuana and euthanasia and i just couldn't believe that we said yes to euthanasia where the hell is that going to involve like yeah. the first concentration camp was in 33 holocaust didn't start in full swing until 1942 i don't think you should have institutionalized death because humans are very weird when it comes to evolution of morally contrary things mm-hmm. and marijuana the idea that a plant you know like something that's natural self-serving <laughs> yeah. that that is that causes less to no deaths compared to alcohol like that is not fair that people are sitting in prisons with yeah. criminals with real bad with people that have made really horrible decisions over a plant yeah. and and over the fact that poverty means that you're going to if you've learned if you open pandora's box on an illegal way of generating income it's very hard to put that back and close it and pretend, oh no, it's okay, I'm just gonna stay on the benefit or stay working at 18.50 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the government, what I think is really good about the government is that they know how to make things needlessly complicated and they know how to <laughs> ha- create a system in which education is very poor, is very low regionally, like unless you're from private schools, and they have this interesting way of using a little to say a lot or using a lot to say a little. Either way, when you have your boots on the ground, most people do not understand it and aren't going to even want to really talk about what the hell they're going on about. That's where I doing is different, is that she's got a way of saying things to us like we're children, okay? And you've all got to just listen and follow the rules of the professionals, of the da-da-da. And it's like, I've enjoy the idea <laughs> that somebody it's like the only times they want to talk to us is they have to tell us like we're tiny little children you know yeah. and that's because if they said it in your usual rhetoric most people on a lower income you know say to kaitaia mvkagal bluff you know they're not going to understand it and they're not going to waste their time feeling stupid because they can't understand something that was made mm. made intentionally complicated to completely t- ostracize us our government you know like So they are a very intelligent system. And what I love to do in myself is 
devil's advocate, I sometimes think, okay, yeah, yeah. let's put my morality aside. What would I do if I wanted to corrupt this world a little bit more? What would I do to consolidate my power once I'm here? What would I do? And I, I could come up with some brilliant ideas as to how I could, you know what I mean? I, like, and, uh, but if I can think that, imagine what more intelligent people in a mass would do, like a room full of Harvard and Oxford men, you know, university graduates that have no moral, you know, uh, you know, like if you had that mentality of oh, the world global warming, humans, the world's overpopulated, that we kind of are going to get what we're coming to because we've been so ignorant, and we've done so much bad in the world. Like that's a scary manifestation that we would have on our peers yeah. and our statistic anomalies. So there was Winston Peter when I first voted, the the old bulldog politician. He had a thing called the gold card, which meant that elderly people could. Mm-hmm. Um, you have free transport. It's yeah. been all taken back now, thanks National and Labour. Yeah, they took it all away. Does it anymore? Yeah. They've just they reduced, like, I didn't know that. they buy coffee for 10% think, less. Yeah, yeah, 10% <laughs> yeah, thanks, if, like, you, you can go for a so, beer yeah. for 10% off if you want. Yeah, but now no free taxis. Oh, no free faster motorized. for cheaper. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. So that's... I voted for Winston Peter on the premise that he did something tangibly good. I didn't agree with him politically, but I thought that's the only thing I can see that made a difference in anyone's life that I saw while I was... In this yeah. in this country, and, and the whole ideas of taking, we're going to give every beneficiary twenty dollars more, but we're going to take away seventy five dollars worth of temporary additional support and and accommodation supplement, is just egregious. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you say here have this while well, you're taking that? Like taking away other things, you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Sort of reminds me of the weed thing, because like, let's say weed in this country got legalized it would take away from families and communities that rely on it on the black market yep. to provide food for their families and stuff mm-hmm. because if it comes legal then it's been sold in the shop yeah. you can go down to the dairy and get it for way more expensive for little yeah. not much at all yeah. meanwhile there's families that have done it for years and years and years and gotten away with it and made money to be able to provide for their community and their families and now they don't have it so it's like for some people it's good to keep it illegal um, for the government it would be it would be better for them to legalize it, but shit for yeah, a lot of other people. It's just, it's all corrupt and, and yeah. I, I don't agree with any of it. And then, <laughs> and then when it comes to drugs, like gangs are capitalism candid, like unfiltered. Like, we don't care about the fucking, we recruit, we take advantage of, of poverty and the lack of family values or family structure in these poorer communities. They become our prospects and then we sell drugs and have no morality and have no you know qualms about the the destruction that it wrought and the lives that it ruins and the fact that they go to prison yeah, i mean that is one side of capitalism you know it's like the, on the other side it's like smoking cigarettes and alcohol and sugary food and crap food and stuff like that you, you know unlike a drugs line i can't go to, uh, and and sue the clerk at the store because the alcohol that he sold my friend that he had a car accident or something like that and killed himself like that you can't sue the company you can't sue the suppliers you can't sue any like they just can carry on mm-hmm. absolutely they have illegal immunity mm-hmm. that is not right you know like meanwhile gangs are doing the exact same things but they're culpable you know and then a celebrity will go to jail for two years and get off on good behavior what's that money Manu Vatavai. Yeah, that's it. We're talking about you, Manu. <laughs> Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> He's a former rugby league player who has just been found guilty of smuggling methamphetamine into the country. Mm-hmm. He was this big star, made like scored heaps of points, and you know everyone, all these kids were looked up to him, and now he's. he's going down, but he won't. Yeah. Like, because he's a celebrity, he's like, excuse me. <laughs> um, 
He probably, yeah, he probably won't be in prison for that long. Well, because he's famous. That's right. Yeah, so the gang gets away with it scot-free. But then again, so do the business. You know? Mm-hmm. Like cigarettes. And if you get cancer from smoking cigarettes, it is not subsidised by a healthcare system. But then, what in what good conscience would any kind of government be like, these guys are going to fuck themselves up. Like, they're going to smoke. That's highly, highly, highly addictive. Like, you can give up drugs. I've seen so many people give up drugs. Like, heroin, methamphetamine, uh, weed, alcohol, cigarettes. Like, they're too good. They're just, uh, they're just analytically perfect. Like, they're, however they're designed is just so perfect. Like, you know, it's... And even... The, the social pressure, you remember in school, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, you'd get told no, but you couldn't help it because being shameless was, <laughs> being shameless is cool. Like being shameless, pretending that you didn't care is what is looked up to if you're boastful and shameless and you know, that's what being popular was about, you know? Nicotine's all the ball game, eh? Like I, I've given up smokes, but I'm still smoking this thing. That's it. Because I'm relying on nicotine. Like it, it really like helps me in my day, you know? I, like. Well, you needed. Think, you think, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's an addiction that makes you sick. Yeah. To not have it, that means you need it to be you. Yeah, I get frustrated. How I much get pissed off that? and That's annoyed because I don't have it. <laughs> and then you take that frustration out on the people that are nearest to you, right? Yeah. And then you feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. And then so the so I go to the shop and I buy more. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> is that not a horrible e- circle? Is there not a horrible little epoch that this is what humans are being, these beautiful emotional creatures are going through? And it's like, this is completely unnecessary. And if you really studied all the consequences of all of these things, you'd be like, that is so evil that if you were a politician, I would, I'm a smoker, I smoke cigarettes, you know? But like, it's like, you know, I don't know, it's like if you wank too much, you'll have no energy and your body is trying to produce more sperm, right? So, if you don't do it, then you know the difference of it. Or it's like even having a healthy diet, if you eat just shitty food and then you don't. It's like, maybe it's hard for me not to eat shitty food. Maybe I'm not going to get into the, the promised land, but I would like the opportunity for a generation after me to be able to not have these temptations plastered onto them their whole lives. And that's would be my, my dream or whatever, because I was given all the warnings but I still chose to to smoke and drink and to do the things because I, I don't know I was already at that point fed up with society and thinking like yeah it's nice to be here but it's a bit of a joke it's all authoritarian it's like oh, where's my freedom why have I got all this imagination why am I at the best of my time of my life and I feel most pressured on like you've got to do this and you've got to do that I just wanted to, to, to be me to draw be uncandid have opinions about things ask questions and be curious and apparently that is you're bad, you're being dirty, you're disrupting, you're doing this, you're doing it. So it's like, fuck off, leave me alone and I'll yeah. take what control I possibly can at the detriment of my health. And I will smoke yeah. and I'll do this and I'll go away from school and I'll just be free, you know? I will just want to... And you'll do these things that are bad for your body, but you don't care about that as long as you're relieving your stress. Yeah. That's it. Mm. But how, how is this working? If you, you want to fight for a better world, you want to fight for generations that are going to have nicer opportunities, but you're doing everything yourself. So with your actions, you're not changing the world. With your actions, you're creating the same world. Yeah. Like how, how do you want to fight for the future generations if you're not making your change on the one person in this world that you can control? That's right. That's right. And I guess that, that does come into it, right? Where you've got to, at the same time, take responsibility for it. It's like, it's easy up here. Mm-hmm. But with life, with these, with all of these stresses, with all these like things where it feels like, oh, I'm constantly having to reaffirm myself or constantly feel I'm feeling guilty for this or I feel like this feel like that it's like the same thing of trying to find 
consistency and accepting in your own imperfections as well. Being like, oh, there's so many things, like hindsight's a, a bitch, but there's so many things in life now I look back on and be like, I wish I didn't do that. And then you look back on it further, like with cigarettes and stuff, and you think, it's not I wish I didn't do that, I wish that I wasn't put into a headspace in which I chose to do that in the first place. How, so, how, if I could go back to my younger self, what would I have done to encourage him to be like, you're actually all good, you always were, and you were always perfect just the way you were the whole time. Just your mentality is just being confused. Mm. But you were always good, and you have to pull yourself out of this now, and that's what we were lacking. You know, and that's what we need to give to everybody. It's not about, I don't want anyone to be like me, I want them to learn that, that, that they can be like themselves, and that mm. that's enough. <laughs> That was, you were always perfect. You're the only one that can criticize you, honestly. You cannot hide from yourself, unless you really practice, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's that thing. And then you shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's like, I, I just, I love my most respected emotion. I don't really like feeling it, but it's the most conducive to change is guilt, because it reminds me every time to be like, dude, I'm so glad your conscience is working. It's okay, like, it's not as a feel good, but you're okay, you're perfect, like, mm -hmm. you know? It's, it's that thing of like, You've got to um, like embrace that, and you know, find a find the positive in it, you know, and that's exactly that. So yeah, I, there's a contradiction in living the way we do, and you know, and then having to associate that guilt and be like, oh, I'm not perfect. I'm still evolving. I'm never going to be perfect, and hopefully we'll. Be, and I'll, no, it's not hopefully. It's I will have to stand accountable to myself and be like, you have to change that. You know, you have to do that before. Um, before you can be taken seriously because an intelligent mind is not going to look at that and be like oh yeah I should stop smoking while I'm s s telling you you're smoking a cigarette mm. <laughs> and then take that, that I'm gonna quit tomorrow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah why not do it now bro? just put it out nah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you did quit so that's incredible yeah and I picked up an electronic cigarette <laughs> yeah yeah well, much less that, stuff inside. a bit of vegetable glycerin yeah. Yeah. yeah well the thing about these things is that um I've got bad lungs anyway, I always have, and it's just putting more and more water uh, fluid on my lungs. I spent years and years smoking a bong, mm. you know. You get lung infections from doing that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I've been in hospital oh. as a kid, I had, uh, was it pleurisy, which is real close to pneumonia. No kidding, yeah. But like, like, like we were talking about, like, I didn't care when it came to my teenagehood, I just... I just I did everything bad, course, you know? Yeah. Oh, we all did it too. And how much of that is our influences? How much of that was technological? Like looking mm. at how America yeah. lived their lives. Like being shameful and being boastful and, and that whole thing of like look like watching people act like they were wealthy, you know? Yeah, motherfucker, I'm mm. man, fucking out good shit, man. Like all the money and the chains and all these beautiful girls and stuff like that. And there is a part of a teenage little hormonal self that's like, yeah, that is what oh, life's yeah. meant to be yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I wanna get to. Yeah. Yeah, so fuck all this. So I'm gonna act like they do now. I'm gonna like. Yeah. It's sort of like behaving like you have yeah, something yeah. you don't, and then when you when you do eventually have it, it's not enough, and you manu vatavai all of your wealth by trying to get more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, this multi-millionaire didn't have to worry for shit who just abused his power because more. Just because the scene is probably fun. You know, it was funner yeah. to hang out with these edgy characters and like. Blah, 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 but it's so that's the problem. When you actually have a have a lot, then you have more to lose. And so it's this weird thing of these young people now, they've chased the carrot and the stick. They're chasing a dream that if they had, mm. if they actually won the lotto, you probably aren't responsible enough to be able to handle that. Like, you'd instantly become greedy and conceited and ha 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 ha
We need a camera. I know your representation. Body representation is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't normally talk about you're talking. <laughs> you could get paid to do monologues. You, you, yeah. can, get, you can get paid doing monologues, really, you can. Well, yeah, I don't know how, I, how it's done. Mm. I've thought about it. My boss has actually been terrorizing me just lately to get it, do a podcast, do a podcast. So it's quite funny when Tyler said, and I was like, oh, cool, yeah, okay, fine, yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll, I'll try it out, you know? So this is really cool. This is the evolution. This is manifested. Like, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Hey, but talking about these uh, cigarettes and everything, so I see, I saw when I came to this country that the government is theoretically trying to prevent stuff like this. So, cigarettes, uh, I don't know, domestic violence, drugs, whatever. By, for example, putting a cap on uh, selling cigarettes on like $30 a pack or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. Do you feel like stuff like this helps or like how does this show? Well, I, would, I would have if they didn't introduce a substitute that is not going to be regulated, you know? Mm. Uh, if vapor vaporizing didn't because it, it, they didn't they it's funny they said at first it's cigarettes right oh then now it's cigarettes is the problem before it was uh, remember the Oa Hikore song smoke free oh yeah 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 it's still a, it's just still a vaporizer it's still a thing it's like you know yeah. it's, it's still going to be sold in stores teenagers are picking it up like yeah, my little yeah. brother who's sixteen is picking it up it's it's a joke. It's a, just a joke because people's health are still going to be in detriment. That wasn't that yeah. point, and and making people on a, a, a with, when it comes to cigarettes, like only one in seven people end up quitting. So if you put the price up on something that has that higher rate for people not being able to stop in a poor country, then you've just made people poorer. You've taken food off yeah. off people's plates. So they're, wow. they're absolute animals. Like, yeah, people are still going to spend the money, no matter how much it is, they're still going to get what they want. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, if you're a cocaine addict, then you could buy cocaine at every service station, every dairy, every supermarket, and every corner store. Yeah. And then you've got to go there and say, all right, I know cocaine's not good, but it's there, it's really expensive and stuff like that. You're asking addicts to not be addicted in a world where the world is their fucking drug dealers. Yeah. That is my problem with society. Every day I caught the bus, it was past an alcohol store, it was past a, a petrol, you know, look what oil and diesel has done. Mm -hmm. Past the supermarket that if you only go around the circumference is what you really need. All the inside is analytic shit. Sugar, sodium, sugar, sodium, sugar, sodium. You don't need anything. You need, not even meat, you know. You need vegetables. You know, you barely need dairy. You need vegetables and things that go with vegetables. You don't need sugary shit. We don't need biscuits. We don't need that. And the fact that they're there, they're going to be irresistible at some point. But not just there, they're like, half of the products they sell are just... Oh, like yeah, big signs on the front of the dairy. Dairy is an ice cream sign. Or yeah. Hot pies, you know. Um, so when it comes to... In our, in our country, we've got the highest gang... Um, what do you call it? Like, where people are participating? Highest gang participation per capita. We've got the highest oh, wow. youth suicide yeah, rate yeah. per capita. No we've got the high, one of the highest diabetes and, and um, the obese children in this country. Capacity. Like, like we've got so many per capitas that it's just absolutely, like, absolutely astronomically ridiculous. That we are five million people and we are like this, like, or like out of control, like, like obesity and stuff. Like, it's just ridiculous. And cancer, like one of the highest for cancer. It's like, I mean, it gets to a point where it boggles my mind so much to see what's going on. Where it's like, are they trying to shorten our life, life down? Is this their way of dealing with overpopulation or whatever? <laughs> Is like to make sure that every avenue that we could ever turn to was going to be unhealthy for us in one form or another. Wow. And you've got every avenue that, as you're going through life, to be addicted to stuff. And now there's a pandemic. Have a vaccine. Oh, bro. <laughs> just to make it, just to top it off, put the yeah. cherry on the on the cake, you know. 
it's just like in this with like this is what i think about it's not about if the vaccine is not because i say this to my boss it's like i hope that i'm wrong but if i've grown up in the same world where everything was to our health like to to our health what do you call it like not not to benefit our health mm. why would i think that this is any different why would i like when you've got pfizer company asking uh, poorer third world countries like brazil and stuff like that to collateralize its assets and military bases before it signs over a deal to change legislation so that the government becomes culpable for lawsuits to that company so if your mother dies of the covid vaccine and you sue and you win good for you but your government your taxpayer money is going to pay while they have immunity mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be vaccinated because that that is evil shit. Like, I, if, even if it was a good drug company or something like that, a good use locally, whatever, that wasn't trying to fucking hold countries over the barrel and change legislation so that they get away scot-free from whatever they do, then I would be happy to participate. But the fact that we've got these evil conglomerate companies that are literally, like, have you got oil? Have you got natural resources? Have you got agriculture? Well, give us that and then we'll sell you. Like, because they're selling them for billions, like, they're indebting the world, like, they've got the world on its knees. Meanwhile, we're on TikTok and bullshitting around with all these stupid distractions that are literally yeah. scroll up infinite, like, instant yeah, yeah, gratifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're living on our fucking hands while they're literally getting away with, like, oh my god, influencing, like, I'm probably going to get hit by a drone or something. <laughs> but, yeah. Not too much. Yeah, yeah. But we were just like talking yeah. about this yesterday. Well, I dropped out of school when I was 16 as well, 14 actually. Mm -hmm. like, so like I'm, just, I've only learned inadvertently what I've picked up along thinking about, you know. And I've, it's, it's, I feel like maybe that is why I've been taught to think differently. It's like not about education. Maybe that's what I'd like to say to people. It's not about what limitations that you've been given, or you've they've given you, or you've given yourself. That like, that it's. You know, it's just critical thought. It's just the ability to like look at a situation and not be afraid to have an opinion about it and what other people think or what this or that, you know, like that shouldn't be what governs it. Mm. And I've found with all my friends and stuff like that, I've always aimed to be such an asset that a trivial problem that we might have won't overrule the, the friendship. So it's like, I want to be irreplaceable to you. It's more like my best mates. It's like in any facet that I could possibly have been, I am conscientiously choosing to be invaluable to your life so that I can guarantee that I have a friend who will have who will like me without too many conditions. I can believe different things to him, I can think different things to him, I can even make mistakes, but the effort that I put in is conducive to the fact that, mm. that he knows that I'm an asset and that means that I've done my job well as a friend or as a partner or as a a dog owner, and I think that's something that's has been more important to me than most of what I've learned in school because I can take that to a boss I can take that you know it's like it's my power it's my right to do that and I think you know that's that's been something I've found vital in this in this like life hey mate but you've touched a lot about not going a bit back you know like um, to your teens and everything how you've grown up and always we're interested to, when we meet people from Waiheke, mm. to ask them, like, how was it for you growing here? Because for us, coming here, this is the spiritual peak, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, the most conductive yeah. place for all the energies, for all the manifestations, everything. But at the same time, it's still part of the country, still part of this... Uh, 
like system of uh, capital, of course, mm -hmm. and everything like that. But how was it for you growing here? Does this spirituality pose a problem, <laughs> opportunity, challenge? Well, I found at school because we had such an Auckland influence. Mm -hmm. Like it was like we had a principal that was like. Uh, a dominator who you had to stand up for him to come in the room. Right. It was like mm. because we lived on Waikiki and we had this island and a sense of freedom. Mm. We all wanted to rebel, so <laughs> it was like fuck everything. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. I'm not going to come to your classes. I'm going to smoke. If I am, I'm going to smoke weed in your in your in your class. I'm going to like we smoked cigarettes in the drama room. Like our drama teacher used to leave this guy cigarettes on the, on the whiteboard. Well, on on the whiteboard, the like I mean, you know, beep. yeah, yeah, we had. <laughs> And we sort of gained this sense of freedom. Like I, as soon as leaving school, I was going to like, uh, like happy parties on the beach, having fires on the beach, mm. and uh, going on missions in the bush, going fishing, just doing what I would consider to be what we all should be doing, like being free, being happy, learning survival stuff, learning how mm. to live. It was family. Um, it was yeah, family. We where family was lacking in the foundations of yeah. our young people, especially us frustrated ones and stuff like that, we created that in our yeah. with our friend groups. Mm -hmm. The thing was and is that, that a lot of it was centered around drugs. So we all took mushrooms and acid and like uh but the way I say it, we all saw the truth together, you know, like taking psychedelics helped me see truth I was like changed my life especially with around my close friends I was beautiful you know I, I feel like Waiheke really did give me an opportunity to see what life actually was about mm. so I really love this island and I'm really sad right now to see it going the way it is uh, Aucklanders and, and, and big corporate things coming over and taking it over and, and uh, you know even the other day like I went to the beach one of my favorite spots on Arantangi Beach and there's a ledge there that I used to party on and it's gone I don't know how it's gone but it's gone and I stood there and I cried because like there was there's history there there's a tree in Surfdale that we all used to climb and I can't climb it now because people are going to build a house there and they've chopped all the branches off there no there's a cone on there someone did it yeah someone, someone managed to ah, do it there's the tree yeah yeah that tree yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. yeah but now this influence from Auckland when was when did Wehiki become part of the Auckland was five years ago yeah when the council yeah well I don't remember what year five. that was but yeah yeah, but could you really feel the difference then? Was it like in that moment that things started to change, or it was already before that you can um, feel the influence from Auckland? It's funny because my grandma came here. Uh, my great granddad came here in nineteen, I think, forty-six or five. Mm -hmm. My grandma came here in nineteen fifty-one, and when she first came here, she said that uh, there were two cars on the island or three <laughs> cars, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd know all of them by sound. So. <laughs> You know, and no <laughs> cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were two cops, and they were probably married. Like you know, well, I mean, on the barrier, that, on Great Barrier Island, that's the case. There's yeah, two yeah. police, and they're married. So a lot of <laughs> the, <laughs> that's a, yeah. A lot of the old, like old school Waiheke people, ended up going to Great Barrier because that was more conducive to the world that they grew up in. Now, basically, Waiheke is just a place where progression is always going to take, take, take over. But we're a place that have dug our heels in. For generations for as long as we could to stop there you know like there's a super city over there there's the capital city basically the biggest city in the country is right over in the Hauraki Gulf and yet mm. there's not a skyscraper here and that's not by design like you know that's they, that's not how they would have had it they would have loved to have made this place more resorty and less for us but because people have been here for so long they have to wait for older generation to die off mm. before they can start making changes that are quite dramatic as far as being raised here when I always knew why he was special but it was my English friend and I used to always say, like, if you roll a turd in glitter, 
it's still a shit in the floor. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter how beautiful the cage is set up, it's still your cage, you know. It doesn't matter how bejeweled and bedazzled it, it might seem on the outside, it's like, that's not gonna help us necessarily. And uh, Utopia is a state of mind. Slowly, slowly, one more rich person buys a house every mm -hmm. now and That's then. right. Yeah, uh, all the time. That's for poor people, it's getting less and less more attractive to live here. Like, yeah, families leave cannot. because gas is nearly three dollars a litre now. House prices are ridiculous. Rent is the cheapest, is like three hundred, four hundred a week. Yeah. yeah. Most of the people that were born here and have left will never be able to come back again. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it changes, it becomes two classes of Wahitians. Yeah, yeah. Millionaires and um, people that maintain their houses and properties yep. Yep. and their exactly. boats and cars. Yep. And that is yep. two, that's a catch, catch system society that Waiheke is unfortunately being mm -hmm. put, put into. So yep. mm, that's just the way of it. Uh, are you thinking to, to move to Great Barrier? Um, so you can live your old Waiheke <laughs> life there? Or no, I don't you're know. Happy with, you're happy with the change. Like Gandalf, I suppose I'll arrive precisely when I mean to. You know that? <laughs> I should have said that in Hagrid's voice or whatever. But no, I don't know. When it's time to go, it's just time to go. You know it in your heart, you know? It's like a bad relationship, you know? When it's not, when it's not you know, reciprocal anymore. When it's not. You're not gaining anything for what you're putting in. Or you're not taking, getting out what you're putting in. And no one's evolving and you're stagnating. It's just natural. You know? We can cr clasp at straws, but I think fate will meet you halfway. You know, the intention mm. of your heart will is your manifestation. You know, so whether I, th whether I'm suppressing the intention of my heart, you know, eventually, what needs to happen will. And if your body needs to break you down, or your mind needs to have a little breakdown on it all, and so there, it's all part of the solution. So when being on Waiheke makes me sad and all I'm doing is living in the past and I need to have a new present. And that's the sad thing, but I think that's growing up, you know. I was saying to Shadow today, it's like, it's weird, but all the places that we grew up in, you know, like where the supermarket is, was a field that we used to drive over. Yeah. The schools are gone. It used like, to be a shortcut. <laughs> you know, I used to have an MX-5 and we'd just drive it like I'm Dukes of Hazard, like, oh, yeah, Oh, just to make a shortcut that takes you 10 minutes because you zigzag up the hill. <laughs> when they started working there, I remember catching the bus to work and I'd drive past there every day and think, I'm going to go there tonight and I'm going to get a spade and I'm going to fill in the hole that they're digging because I don't want the supermarket to be mm. here. I never did it, but I thought that would be funny. Yeah, and then just to see how many, like, how long it takes them to put a camera and then <laughs> to get security cards because every night I'm going to go and I'm going to fill that hole. And, and Logan Mitchell <laughs> was never getting any really bozo. <laughs> and now I'm working there. <laughs> You're like literally on I'm part though. of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> <Yeah>. Keep working. <laughs> <laughs> Just editing this conversation, I want to put in that Darren has since quit his job in the supermarket. So I'm guessing he's not part of the problem anymore. Well, maybe. But he's going to look for his luck somewhere else. Well, it's so strong, eh? This push is like you can't stop it. Like, even the whole rebellious spirit of Wiki is not on par with yeah. the like the global conglomerate or the even if it's only from Australia is still so powerful everything that comes here <coughs> uh, not much can stand mm. in the but world. that's the thing because you need money to survive 
Yeah. So they give you the opportunity to get money, and they're also putting the system out that if you don't have money, you will not be able to live, you yeah. will not be able to survive. So you have to participate in the system to be just able to breathe and eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they can help well, hold us responsible for not having enough money to make the right choices to exactly, make the world a better place. Exactly. So then they can go green and then imply that we were the problem the whole time, but it's like we were being bottlenecked through poverty yeah. of like only a few people can afford to do what's right by the environment like if you want us to have a fair and equitable life that's that's uh, uh, what is it cohesive to the symbiosis of this planet then you can't give people scraps to, to so I think the whole thing is about trying to imply it's our fault and that they've got now a green solution Walmart's gone green oh thank god for that like now we don't need to do anything we don't need to change our lives and the world's going to be better it's like that's not that they're getting away well, the legal immunity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm, getting yeah. away with them. So. Pretty much making free life illegal, like you can't go out and live in the bush and run away and, and yeah. you have to come, you have... So I think you, they make us think that we need money to have the luxuries of the system, but... Really, I could, well, we could just throw our phones away, throw everything away, go out and restart, because... I've had enough. <laughs> I've actually had enough, but I'll get in trouble for that. If I get caught, I'll get in trouble, I'll get thrown in a cell and... Mm -hmm taking all my freedom my, my or because I don't or because I want to go off and do my own thing I'm not allowed to do that my grandma's brother in 1951 and that because they were um, born in uh, the 40s through World War Two they were Austrian and um, they you know their mum had a breakdown after getting them from out of Austria into the American lines yeah. they got sent to separate foster foster care things so her brother was just went through orphanages and stuff so my grandma when she came to New Zealand she Took, found her little brothers where the orphanage was, took him out to lunch, stole him, and then harboured him on the boat. Wow. On a Williamson liner called the Tungus. And they. <laughs> the Tungus? Yeah, the Tungus. The, the Hungus <laughs> Tungus. Yeah, and they came to, to New Zealand. And. Oh my god. Gurnock, because he had. I don't know, he had not experienced what freedom really was, or, any, you know, he was just a bit. Um, I couldn't. I didn't ever meet him. This is way back when, so I, I can only go on speculation. But he, when they came to Waiaki, he was not your atypical kind of person when he grew up through his teenagers and his early 20s and stuff and he, he couldn't really hold down jobs and he would just what well, how many uh eric the red i think knew each other at some hey. point yeah yeah and they oh, they would he'd live off fruit trees and go camp in orchards and he would just follow the backward tracks and he'd befriend all the people that used to ride horses and he was just different and camped around the place and unfortunately that he got noticed because he wasn't, he couldn't hold down a job at the butchers. He couldn't, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't have, you know, the Oranga uh, Tamariki, you know, who we've done a fantastic job at ruining fucking the family values of That's this country such, for right? years. Yeah, so we didn't have uh, a, a institute to protect children like orphanages mm -hmm. and things like that, where oh, they wow. go. Not not until much later on, yeah. well, because poverty was primarily a, a Maori issue. So well, who would want to? Back in those days, they didn't really want to spend money on people that they couldn't see what would be the important investing mm. into people that God. didn't really have a future in the first place. So we've got an organisation for you. Just have to grow old enough to, to get to caught out doing something, trying to fix your position. We'll send you to jail. And uh, what happened to my uh, uncle is that's my great uncle is that they had nowhere to put him so he went to a mental institution where oh they medicated God. him and they gave him electric shock therapy and he died at he was there for 30 years or something 20 years really and at a mental my grandma sadly she it's not something that she wants to say but she signed him in there because she could she was he was different and she thought they would help but the shock therapy frazzled him to the point where he was never couldn't ever be any he was just broken he was a ruined person and he died um, choking on a piece of bread 
and yeah, at, at the age I think of 30 something. And my grandma had always held that to her. And that's like, this going back to freedom. That they've been, they've had a war against people trying to live off the land and trying to yeah. buck that system forever. To the point of like, in the back of your mind, if you thought you could be put into a mental institution, you know, it, it is participate or die. Because there are three institutions that you'll go into nowadays. It's like a mental institution, a prison, or um, the medical, the medical sphere. You know, where you are, oh, you've got depressed. You, you've got this. You've got that. So if you don't participate, they'll say you've got mental problems. You know what I mean? And being different, we you know it's like trying to challenge the system of being like, I don't want to participate to the point where I don't need anything of society. I don't need any medicine. I don't need any, you know, I don't, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. The thing's wrong with you. And they're like, you're crazy. Listen to him. He's just saying all these outlandish things. Like he needs help. We need to, you know, get him back on the rails. And that's the scary part of it, you know? And with the media like it is, Subjugating people into a conglomeration is really scary. Saying, "Oh, he's an extremist. Like, like he's this, he's that." If, I, if what you were saying was was right, then uh, you know they could still conglomerate you and be like, "Oh, he's into all these conspiracy theories." You know? Oh, it's, you know, then it's then it becomes about sort of mud, mucking you up with all of this negative stuff, where individuals are entitled to whatever opinions that they they believe. You know, whatever. But like. If someone's a truth sayer, this is what I would do. It's like if I was if I was a big multi conglomerate thing that had things to hide and stuff like that, I would put that out there. I would be candid. I'd say, yeah, this is what we're doing. But I'd also put maybe thirty things that are crap to make anyone that believes that you can conglomerate them with all these other conspiracy mm. theories, and all of a sudden the moon's made of cheese, is it? You know? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. And the government's not your friend. The moon's made of cheese, and the vaccines are going to kill you. This guy's as mad as a hatter, you know? Like send him away. <laughs> he has been, you know, grooming people and scaring people for years with this rhetoric, you know? And then all of a sudden, you can't defend yourself against that, you know? Mm. No. Right now, I couldn't afford a lawyer, though. Of course. Of course. <laughs> apparently, there's... we're all subject to misinformation. According to Stuart, that's what he told me the other day. You're subject to misinformation. You don't want to get the vaccine news. <laughs> yeah. I was that's like, right. Okay. Fake news, is it? You know? Like, but I've never trusted when you get only one narrative, you know? <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, well, because news can be a bit disturbing, sometimes what I find is the best thing that I can do is, when you're watching the news, is turn the sound off and just pray for them. You can't see what's going on, you can just see people, well, they look frustrated. Well, oh, this is that going on, this is that's going on, you know? Like, whoever's up there, if there is anything, I want to just manifest what your will is onto them, because I believe that, that yours is probably more holistically right than mine. So if they're suffering for a reason that's going to help better them in the future for in their life, which I don't understand, then so be it. Let me help. Let me be understand that. But if there's in any way that I can help by just trying to see the situation, understand it without any bias, and be like, I just hope that it gets better for you guys. Bless you guys. Bless your friends. Bless your families, your vehicles, and all of you for 10 generations to come. Like, that's all I have to say. Then you can turn it off and be like, okay, I feel like I've done something, you know? Rather than cast a judgment and be like, oh my god, the fucking Ugandan government, or oh, America and its stupid satellite states, or oh, global warming in the world, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so. It's like, you just have compassion instead of. <laughs> infinitely, yeah. Well, it's like with, because everyone's bagging out on, um, what's, what was it? It was Obama and then Trump and then somebody else. and and it was like, why do I feel like I hate them? I don't know them at all, like, you know? Why do I feel like, why, why do I yeah. pray for my parents? Why would I care about 
them and then not have that same standard for them. And I was like, oh my god, like this is it. Like, like, you know, imagine being in a position where so many people just hate you, like just for being, just for being you. You know, it's like even if you are at the top of the, the, this evil ladder, it's like surely someone cares enough to to. It's like bless you, not because I support you, not because I dis-support you, bless you in spite of my reservations and my opinions, bless you for the sake, like, good for goodness sake, like, yeah. <laughs> you're a human just like me, so, like, God, yeah, it's, I said this to my dad once, I was like, does Jacinda I don't have a conscience? And he's like, oh, I hope so, does she dream? And like, yeah, well then <laughs> I want to put those two together and maybe she'll have a better conscience, or, you know, <laughs> but like, have faith like someone can change like people everyone can change like it's a beautiful oh, i had one quote that was people that grow up rebelling against society grow old to advocate for the communities and that's what i've noticed with our elderly on the island now you know, like that old maori fellow that was singing at the um thing he's been at the karaoke that we we're at that night with your sister and um yeah, he's just a community advocate person, but he was like, was in the gangs and stuff when he was younger. He's mm-hmm. done his prison time, he's done this and done that, but now he's like the nicest dude. Like, you need an advocate for something, he will be there. He will make sure you get all the dispensations from the benefit. Like, mm-hmm. he will be your eyes, ears, and mouth. And while you can sit there and just be a victim of, of the circumstances of your lifestyle or of, the, of society, you know, of the financial situation that society has put us in. So it's important to give them the benefit of the doubt that are in the wrong right now because you, who knows, they could grow old or don't you, isn't that not the only thing you could really wish is that you have a better life than me, that you are happier, you are funnier, you are wealthier, you are more content because I'm already going to have a good life, the best of my abilities. Now I'm going to have a happy life and a wealthy life. All I want is for you to have a better life than me and you, all you want is that I have a better life than you. <laughs> well, where are we going to evolve better with that though? Like, Mm-hmm. But interesting hearing you say that because I feel like if you have a community, you don't need to be an outlaw. You don't have to rebel. You have this sense of okay, even there's a system. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still inside my community, feeling supported, <laughs> no matter what I do. Accepted. If I fuck up, I can always fall back yeah. to that. And now maybe that he's been through all this, he sees that this is wow, so important and yeah, right. how it shows up. So if someone stole off you. Maybe you're just a part of their journey. Mm. Maybe you're the right person because you can care about them. And that's mm. what I just think is the most important thing to do with everyone is to be like, if you are evolving, how can I be a positive impact onto that? Mm. What can I, what can I do? And I think, like, like to be more relatable, prayer. But prayer is another word for faith manifestation. It's hoping that what seems like so little and so meaningless may well be an infinity the most important thing you could have ever done and it cost you the least resources to do. So if I'm on my deathbed and I'm, oh, I've only got minutes to live or something like that, I can still be like, bless this world. Like, ha ha, all the evil in it, bless the world. Like, oh, I hope everyone has a good life. Bless all of your cars. <laughs> cars? <laughs> they never break down and cause you stress. You know what I mean? Like, don't mean that's a so ironic thing, but I play that game when I'm driving off, like, oh, like, oh, this that car, I hope it never causes them any stress. Or when I lived behind the bus stop at Onitangi, I used to, like, love it, bro. You could see it, so, like, the bus would go past, because it's all concreted in. 
and then you'd see someone there like, oh man, and I was like, yes, like get out of bed, quick flips in the like, alright bro, where are you going, you going to the boat, and then being like, my battle was with anxiety, right? it's not about that guy, it was about anxiety, I hated it, I didn't want to see a fully grown person, man or woman, oh, what am I going to do, and I'm like, no, no, not while I'm, not while I am here, like, not while I can do, because I know, if I do that, I drop them off to the boat, it might cost a little bit more, but the rest of the day, I'm good, like, I feel... <laughs> Like, I'll, yeah. you know, because I hate anxiety. Like, who wants to feel that? Who wants to feel anxious? I mean, because it's uncertain. Yeah. Mm, like, you know, we've too, got too good a brain to be uncertain. Mm-hmm. So how can I, if I want to help my own anxiety or whatever, like looking for opportunities to help people with the same things that you suffer from. More equals. And I'm not doing it for gratification as they thank you. It's like, bro, thank the values that my parents installed in me that, you know, you know what I mean? I'm just doing what I want, what I feel like. That's what I was kind of thinking in this space. It's like with certain situations and stuff coming up that are a bit morally confronting and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you've got to zen out and not react and not be so reactive. So this is actually a perfect place for you to do that. And at the same time, to be able to relate to people that, you know what, like, there is a line and, you know, that you need to be, if you're, if I'm doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable, there's a part of me that I would like to think that would care about that for the sake of caring. That like, when me and my, my boss or where me and someone is yelling and it scares the dog, at that point it's like, I'm aware, I'm completely culpable of the fact that I'm doing something that's making that dog not feel good. Mm. And I should do what I can to, you know, remonstrate that. And that's, I'm not going to do that all the time, yeah. but I'm more happy, I'm aware of that concept, I'm very happy to feel guilty for that concept because that is something that is holistically better. Like, if everybody did that in the world all the time, the world may just be a better place, even mm-hmm. by a bit of a percent. But I find it's things like that that always stop arguments for me. Like, I remember having an argument with Avon. Avon is an old flatmate of mine. And I had my cockatoo there, and we were right in front of his cage, and the bird got down and was hanging off the cage and flapping his wings and screaming at us, mm-hmm. and it instantly stopped. And I thought, okay, I'm making you very upset. I'm not going to argue with you anymore, bro. I'm going to tend to my bird because we've caused stress and he wants to attack us he wants to attack me even though I'm his owner I'm, I'm his food provider I'm his I'm his love you know I'm his father I don't want to do this anymore let's just take a minute and I love interruptions interruptions and uh, arguments altercations for the better I think yeah see it just comes back to the choice like that you realise oh my gosh I have a choice the whole time like I'm not actually a slave to this emotion and stuff I really love that I love compassion to animals it makes me my heart sing (laughs) yeah it's really making me feel nice but some people wouldn't care like just keep going or that your narrative is more important than how people are feeling at the time where it's like dude the the holistic solution is that you stop and you care like just kill them with kindness it's like being loved when someone's in a bad mood and something like that and it's like you just keep being you keep persevering don't stop like do if you feel that it, in any way that you're being patronizing or it's being perceived as being patronizing then don't do that like this is being holistic it's like i'm not like being nice to spite you it's like i'm trying to respect you to show this is what we can do to be more conducive to get things away now if someone wants to do that and, and statistically be like oh that's weakness that is a fundamental flaw in themselves that they need to realise. Like, you know what I mean? It's so that well, they, they can take advantage of you're still accountable for someone's taking advantage of the fact that like that you're too nice that I can walk over you, then that's not a good thing. But at the same time you still shouldn't react in an angry way. That doesn't justify you either, you know? So 
it's a it's a very um, hard concept to like but like and then again we're not unintelligent people we need complicated uh, problems to find solutions to so that we can literally in our own solar selves be like you've done well like, <laughs> you can't then, stop trying to solve the puzzle yeah. we'll never ever solve it completely the point why, why stop I can give you some good news that you came from a child and you've got that wow imagination blah, blah. as you get older your recline takes you back to that place so if your health's in line you're going to go back into this blissful state that's actually ready to go back to the same place that you came from no. Infinity, you know. Like, oh, I don't really care about anything anymore. I'm just what my soul was, you know. Like, <laughs> watching TV, or, you know, happy to see people, or grumpy, angry old man, all this or that. It's like, no, it's your inner self, it's your inner child. Like, you go from my Indian, um, Jasper, sorry, said it yesterday. He goes, In my experience, you come from a child and then you go back into a child. You just got to yeah. have that same empathy, you know. So, me holding Stuart to an adult's expectation, like, he's my old, old client that I look after. Um, it was not feasible, it's not fair. So I've got to be like, mm, uh, what age are you today? You're like 16? No, you're 12. <laughs> all right, young man. <laughs> no, I'm not having it, I'm not doing it, I don't give it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Come on. <laughs> Pet the dog and Stuart's like, it's okay, Stuart, I'm not. St- <laughs> Sorry, mate. We came into this world with someone looking after us, someone washing us, someone feeding us. We're going to go out the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright beautiful friends, we have reached the end of part one of this conversation. If you enjoyed it, you're more than welcome to join us for the next part, which is coming out next week. See you soon. Thank you for listening. If you're thinking of someone who would really like this story, share it with them. And if you like the story, please like or leave a review. And wherever you listen, you can always subscribe. Other than that, thank you for coming and have a beautiful day. Lots of love. Ciao. See you next time.